Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You know, as I was praying over hearing from the Spirit for today, I had a few ideas for this morning, and I kept on vacillating back between them, and I'm like, this is, this is heavy. We, we, Pastor Kim just preached on uh, the magnitude of the mantle. I'm like, how do, I, how do I follow that up? And then we're talking about heavy glory and angels. I'm like, what am I going to preach on? Pastor Kim kept saying this phrase. She said it a few weeks ago in Gap. It's time, and I've never heard her say this before, it's time to push on the gates. She said it multiple times. It's time to push on the gates. She said it in our staff meeting a few few times also. It's time to push on the gates. God is looking for a church not to back down from warfare. Let me tell you, the warfare to get here has been hell because of what I'm about to preach to you. Because the enemy wants a wimpy, Pentecostal patty cake, mamby-pamby little church that comes in, gets their coffee, has their flip-flops on, they come down, they leave changed, they, uh, they, they don't leave changed, they come in in sin, they leave in sin, but God is looking to raise up a church who is willing to fight on his behalf. And I believe over this last season, over these last couple years, it has, it has been a year of testing for the church to see what our response would be. See, because God will use situations the enemy means for evil and turn them for his glory. He will use it to test us to purge us the things, you know, to, to, to shake everything that can be shaken to 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 expose the cracks on his church that they didn't even know was there and what was our response would we cower under the spirit of fear would we partner with it or would we stand our ground and push back? What we as a church have to do is get ready for more push because as we get closer to the end times, the spirit of the Antichrist, let, let me tell you, I asked, I asked God this morning, I was like, can I just preach an easy sermon? Do, do I have to speech, speak on spiritual warfare? But, but as we get closer to the end times, it is going to be very apparent what church you are a part of. Will you be a church that pushes or is pampered? Or will you withstand and become bolder and wage war against the enemy? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 16, 13 through 20. I'm going to be reading out of Amplified. Swipe with me. <laughs> Listen to old church. You hear the pages. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. It's up on the screen. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? I love when Jesus asks questions. And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say? Who do you? Not your parents. Not your children. Who have you learned? Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say? And then Jesus answered, I'm ble-. he said, you are the Christ. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of the living God. You are the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favored by God are you. Simon, son of Jonah, 
because flesh and blood, mortal man did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. You are Petros. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, death will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. And I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, you forbid, you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will already be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, you permit, you declare lawful on earth will have already, will have already, will have already. The church, uh, let me, let me say this. We have to become in alignment with what is already declared in heaven. There are things bound in heaven that we haven't come into alignment yet. Therefore, it hasn't been released. Whoo. That wasn't in my notes. That's free. Punch on your punch card. Whatever you loose will be loosed in heaven. Then he gave the disciples strict orders to tell no one that he was the Christ. Shh. Don't tell anyone. Matthew eleven twelve. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent men take it by force. Let me tell you, these are, these are not uh, uh, new scriptures to us, but we must return to these because of the church that we have chosen to be a part of. Today, over the next few moments, it is my assignment to preach a message titled, Push on the gates. Let's pray. God, I thank you for all you're doing in this house and in our lives. I pray as we dive into your word that you would awaken something on the inside of us, that my voice would fade and your spirit would speak. Give us clear eyes to see, give us ears to hear, a mind to comprehend and understand and a heart to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're good, good go. Thank you. Shout this out, say, push on the gates. Tell your neighbor, shout in their face, say, push on the gates. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm sorry, I didn't choose you first. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, so I, uh, there might be some of those things. Push on the gates. I got to keep your attention. Why do you want me to speak on this? I can't. I can't. I wanted to preach a happy sermon. I didn't want to encounter the warfare to get here. But let me tell you, we have to speak on these matters because majority of the church is silent about spiritual warfare. I felt the Spirit say, you've pushed on the gates from inside the house in legislation, but I want them to push on the gates every day. Push on the gates. This causes reformation. When a revived church knows the power that they have over the kingdom of darkness and walks in that authority every day, you don't leave your spiritual authority when you leave this building. When you walk out, yes, this building is important. We declare, we decree things, we legislate things from inside the church, but this is just a building. It's important for us to come together to do those things, but we don't leave our spiritual authority when we leave here. We take it with us. We have to push on the gates. See, one thing we must understand in spiritual warfare is this. It is not a personality type. Let me tell you, preaching is not my personality type. Being in front of people is not my personality type. I would much rather have preached a happy sermon and leave the spiritual warfare preaching up to Pastor Kim, who kills it. But see, so much of the church is bound by what the world says is our personality type. Oh, I'm an anagram. I'm an anagram four. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't like to do this. I don't like to do. And they're told... They're dictated what to do in the kingdom of God from people outside. 
I'm an eight, so I'm not, I'm not intense. I'm going to be quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm just not a shouter. Let me tell you, they didn't whisper when they walked around the walls of Jericho. They shouted! For what? Walls fall down. Walls fall down when we, when we whisper. Those that say, those that say you don't need to shout in church are being bound and told by the world their personality type. Let me tell you this. Go research how many times whisper is in the Bible and then compare it to how many times shout. Shout! When we shout, it shreds the atmosphere. When we shout, it shreds his kingdom. See, so many times we, uh, we, we in our walk, we, we, we rely on what others want to call us. And we, well, they, they tell us what we're called to do. I don't even know what my anagram is. I stopped doing those years ago. I'm a golden retriever, apparently. <laughs> And an otter, I'm like 98% golden retriever and 2% otter, because I like to have, those things are stupid. <laughs> and then the anagram, oh, what number are you? Those are demonic. Be- because once again, we're dictated what we should do by the world's systems when we should lean into him. If spiritual warfare is meant for each and every single one of us, from the front row to the back row, from the most quiet to the loudest, from the youngest to the oldest, this is the mantle that we need to pick up in these last days. In this teaching, Jesus opens up a whole new understanding of how to live a life in the spirit when he teaches that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force, suffers violence. It allows for spiritual warfare. It allows for spiritual violence. Invade, don't use my words. Spiritual violence, don't go punching someone. And be like, Pastor David said violence suffers, violent take it by force. <laughs> no, don't, don't give black eyes to your boyfriend. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault and the violent men seize it by force. See, the thing is, we can't always rely on the one with the mic to carry the spiritual violence. To carry it. That's, that's what happens sometimes during Gap when Pastor Kim gets up there. Everyone kind of takes a back seat. You kind of feel it. Sometimes I, I'll fill it up there. It'll be like this weight. And you're like, what, what, am I, what am I feeling? It's because we have said, oh, she's up there. So she can take the reins. She's up there. Oh, Pastor Jessica's up there screaming. She can take the reins. Sam's up there screaming. Stacy's up there. I don't have to do anything. I gotta just sit back. You can feel it. If you have discernment, you can feel it in the room. You can feel it when the ecclesia has taken a back seat. See, it says, for the kingdom of God suffers violence. It means that, that, that means it permits, it rewards or requires spiritual violence in our pursuit of God. It requires, it requires. It's not dictated to our personality type. It requires, yes, everything is available to us in the spirit, but we must actively walk into it. We must lay hold of it. In the scripture, Jesus is inviting us into spiritual violence, saying, in essence, the kingdom of heaven allows for violence. Will anyone take up this invitation? Will anyone, I have sent invites out to my church to be spiritually violent, to take it by force. Will we rise to the occasion? Will we take this invitation and run with it? 
See, let me tell you, it's not enough for Pastor Kim or Pastor Paul to be spiritually intense on our behalf. There are things that you are called to do in the spirit. We must rise to the occasion and not cower, but push back. Push back. See, so much of the church has laid down the role to legislate and pick up the mantle of the community center. Jesus establishes, he comes to earth to win our salvation, to establish his church, to be his legislating body. And most of the church have laid that down because they just want to be relevant. Leadership has turned into how can we make, how can we get, we got to get the seats more comfortable. We got to get the AC cooler. We got to get the coffee better, which uh, I thank you, Jesus, our coffee has gotten better. Thank you. Glory. Come on, lift up, lift up a shout of praise just for, I'm just kidding. Calm down. Jessica's walking out pins and needles. She's like, oh my gosh, she's going to be so embarrassed. Uh, He's going to say something. What's he going to (laughs) say? Don't worry. I got another 45 minutes. (laughs) I'm going to try to preach longer than Pastor Kim. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's probably not going to (laughs) happen. See, so much of the church has laid it down because they want the world to come. So guess what has happened? The spirit has left. We don't want spiritual warfare with demons. We don't want to talk about demons. Hell, we don't want to talk about hell, principalities. We don't want to talk about, let's just talk about his love. Let's talk about his grace. Those things are very relevant and needed. But the problem is most of the church has laid down their true title, their true meaning just to be a good place for people to come. All the while the world is thinking and the church thinking that they're going to heaven. There are church members in hell right now because they were deceived by a church called the community center. See, we've put down true Pentecost and picked up patty cake Pentecost, soft Pentecost. We don't really want to give them the fire. Guess what? The fire is hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the presence burns off that stuff. Let let me tell you, the bound, the broken, don't want to come to a fake church. They want to come to a church that is full of his presence, that are full of people that that two weeks ago, two months ago, were doing the crazy things, living in the crazy sins that they were living in two years ago. I don't want a church of recycled Christians. I want on fire people that have been pulled out of darkness and now they're radically serving Jesus in a revival church. I want people that were bound and broken two years ago, two months ago. I get wrecked every time we do those testimony services and everybody's just like, "Ah, this person two years ago, I'm horrible. If you guys look at, look at me up there playing the guitar most of the time, when, do, when we do testimonies, I'm crying. Because we can't lose that. If you look to the left, if you're in a church and you look to your left or you to your right, and there, wasn't, there isn't someone that, that was dr- dramatically pulled out of darkness, you might be in a dead church. I'm way off, man. Jesus. You might be... <laughs> What's that saying to show, show me you're in a dead church without showing me you're in a dead church. <laughs> show, show me you're in a lukewarm church without telling me you're in a lukewarm church. It's because it's the same people in and out. See, much of the body of Christ is satisfied with nominal. See, let me tell you, the enemy doesn't fear a big church. He fears a spiritually violent one. One that knows where their authority is, and not only that, but they use it. 
Demons fear one that is plundering hell. He fears a united church. You notice how the enemy over this last season has gotten us fighting each other? You stayed closed. You stayed open. You voted for this person. I voted for this person. Are we masks? Are we vaxxed? Are we this? Are we that? Are you black? Are you white? This is why I love this church. Because if you throw a rock, you're going to hit someone else different that has a different testimony, that has a different story, that has a different skin color. Thank you, Jesus. This is what heaven's going to look like, people. This right here. See, and all the while we are looking to our left and to our right, we are fighting each other and the enemy sits back and he laughs. Why? Because he's, we're not fighting him. The church is fighting each other. Division, I'll get them fighting each other and then they won't have time to fight me. See, but I'm looking for a church that will link arms with whoever is next to them. Black, white, red, yellow, blue, pink, orange, whatever color that we will link arms and go to to battle and plunder hell with each other. It's time to push on the gates. See, we must take up being spiritually violent ourselves or are we satisfied with watching warfare from a distance? It's nice watching warfare from a distance. You don't have to get your hands dirty. You don't have to get your knees dirty. You don't have to get your clothes dirty. The warfare, I'll just watch. I'll watch the battle from the back. And we're so quick to point the finger, but are we actually doing our part? The funny thing is I think River has gotten her, her breaker spiritual intensity down more than some of you. She's one. And she's, where does she go? Oh, that's good. She'll be playing with her doll. She's our, our one-year-old, our one-year-old daughter. She's so cute. Wish I had a picture, cute picture. Just kidding. <laughs> She's a little bit older than one. And I, I think she has her breaker pretty down. I think she's got it for a one-year-old. Because she'll be playing with a doll and Kingston will come over just to stir things up because <laughs> that's his personality. <laughs> that's who God made him to be, okay? <laughs> Crazy Kingston, Jesus, help me. It's hard raising you. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> He'll do something so funny. <laughs> I mean, that was, hor- that was horrible. Don't ever, do- don't do that. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. He was in, uh, Zion, Zion had a dollar and was waving it. You remember this? Zion was waving a dollar in the back of the, the car and he was like, look everyone, I got a dollar. And Kingston was like, look everyone, no one cares. <laughs> he's four. He's four. <laughs> I was like, hey, that was really funny. Don't do that. <laughs> but Kingston will take whatever she's playing with and what she does, she doesn't like, oh. She goes, ah! 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 And I'm so sorry if she has punched your, your baby in the, in the nursery. We're working on it, okay? <laughs> I'll send you a gift card or something. <laughs> But she's one and she's more intense than most of, not all of you, but most of you. She handles her, uh, she's gotten her breaker and her shout down than most of the church. See, we have to pick up the mantle uh, of spiritual warfare, of spiritual intensity because it is warfare. It is war out there. Sometimes you just got to shout at the warfare. Ah! I feel like doing that. I did, I did that this morning. It's like, why? It's warfare. See, the world will try and convince you to be radical and crazy about anything and everything. Any, anything and everything except for the church. 
Why, 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 is it di- why is it different? Why is it any different? We'll, we'll, we'll stand in line for a, the new phone for hours. We'll paint our faces. I, I was watching football yesterday, which I haven't watched any sports because we canceled TV. All I watch is Coco Melon and Monsters University, Monsters Inc. All those. <laughs> I can quote Toy Story 4, probably like front and back. I was watching football with Pastor yesterday. And I'll see all these young adults and their chests are all painted and all that stuff. And, and, but all those people would say that we're crazy for coming in here and investing a few hours for worshiping Jesus, the savior of the world for a few hours. They'll say that radical is crazy and they'll worship dysfunction. Why? Because they're blind. They have scales on their eyes by the enemy. Why do you spend so much time there? You shout in church, you dance in church, you give to the church. Why is, why is the church always asking for money? The world always asks you for money. I'm sick of that argument. From sun up to sundown, guess what you're doing? People are trying to get your money from ads that you, you could say, man, I really want a pizza right now. And your phone would be like, boop, 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 ads, pizza, pizza, pizza. I feel like it reads my mind sometimes. I'll think of something and I'll look on my, and it's in there. But yet when it comes to the church, hey, we just want you to sow seed. Man, that church is always asking for money. That's why I hate, I hate Google reviews and Yelp because you get some offended person that sat at the back and was in church for 10 minutes and they're like, man, that church, all they do is ask for money. It's like Roz from uh, Monsters. All that church does. All they do is ever ask for money. Why? Because he's worthy of our investment. God. I'll pull a Sean Smith in this place. See, God is looking for a people who pursue him with passion and are willing to expand his kingdom with spiritual violence. Don't shut up about Jesus. When people say you're passionate about Jesus, well, duh. You didn't see me two years ago when I was living in sin, when I was drunk, when I was all all of this, when I was bound by pornography, when I was bound by homosexuality, all of the things. You didn't see me at my lowest and you see me now. I give him all of my praise. I give him all of the worship because he's worthy. Jesus, Jesus. Ephesians 6.12 says this, for we wrestle. Spiritual warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against our brothers or our sisters, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual warfare. I'm out of breath, y'all. <laughs> Jesus. What we must understand is these first three words. For we wrestle. My boys love wrestling. So do I, except for when I'm tired. Someone always gets hurt. Like two minutes in, we're like, yeah, yeah. Just because I heard it. Who's her? And Zion's usually like, it's a river. It was a river. <laughs> For we wrestle. For we wrestle. 
See, the thing is about the scripture, we all wrestle, whether you pastor, whether you lead a small group, whether you sell houses, whether you bust tables, we all wrestle. We must be ready for it. In the Greek, wrestle is a very intense word called pele or pale. Wrestle to a, a contest in which opponents endeavor to gain control of one another by throwing one another. And the victor is one who has, ga has gained control of his opponent by gaining control of his neck. Gains control for we, for we wrestle. Why, didn't you, well, why did you not see that coming? It's because what have you given yourself over to? The enemy is after control of us. Are you ready? See, if he has control of your neck, he can control how you see the world. How are people, how do people not have discernment when they're, what's, uh, it's because they've given themselves over to the, the enemy. They have wrestled and because the church didn't prepare them for the wrestle, they lost, they lost control of the world that they see. So you know why people see, don't, don't see certain things, how they're blinded? Ha, ha, ha. It's because they have lost control. If you lose the wrestle with the enemy, he gains control of what you see. See, so many of the church thinks that the armor of God is just a cute song, which it is. There's a cool song. Let me sing it. It's like a rap. It's like a rap rock. The armor of God. <laughs> you better suit up with the armor of God. Wow. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Belt of truth. The truth will set you free. Chestplate of righteousness. Thwart the enemy. Boots of peace. Stand on solid ground, shield of faith. No attack will take you down. Psh, psh. The helmet of salvation, reject the fabrication. Sword of the spirit, win the confrontation. It's the armor of God. The armor of God. And then there's like a sick, like sin solo. See, but we have convinced ourselves that the armor of God is for kids' church. Which it is. But every day, say, Zion, you ready to put on the armor? Oh, yeah. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate, the belts of truth, the shoes of faith, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. Let's go. We've been memorizing the Ten Commandments. The problem is we have so many naked Christians trying to get into warfare and then they're like, I don't know how the enemy got in my mind. I don't know why I don't have a, a, a sound mind anymore. It's because you didn't guard your mind. It's because you didn't put on the helmet of salvation. See, let your mind be guarded by the work on the cross. Let your heart be guarded and protected by his righteousness. Let the center of my being be, be held up with his truth. Let faith be my shield. Let the spirit be my sword. Let my feet be grounded on his peace. In your life, what are you standing on? If you were standing in the shoes of peace and we and walked through the season that we have, you didn't have anything to worry about. Well, I'm just, I've still got my peace. I've still got my peace. I lost my job, but I still got my peace. I'm getting sick, but I still got my peace. I'm putting on the shoes of peace everywhere I walk, everywhere I roam. I got my shoes of peace on. Take your flip-flops of fear off. See, if you stand on his peace, it doesn't matter what you face. People will always ask you, like, if you're grounded in peace, you, you'll come against warfare. You'll come against uh, things that happen, just bad things in our life. Bad things happen. The enemy attacks us. It happens. But what is our response when the warfare comes? 
Are we standing on peace? Or are we standing on fear? See, what have you built your life on? In our main text, we find that Jesus and the disciples have traveled to Caesarea Philippi and Jesus asks his disciples this question, which I love when Jesus asks a question. He didn't ask a question because he didn't know the answer. Hey, disciples, I don't know, who am I? <laughs> am I the son of God? He always wanted us to realize, to internalize, to look within. Husbands, you ever get those questions from your wife? Jesus, all the time. Where the, an the answer's in the question. <laughs> Where they know the answer, they just want to make sure you know the answer. Weren't you supposed... No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you had your chance yesterday. You could have. 12 years, everyone. 12 years. Almost 12 years. Next month. And she's amazing. She really is. She's the... What? She is. I was gonna be. I was gonna be nice, and I was gonna start crying. So I'm not gonna go there because I'm a baby. But he says he asks, "Who do people say that I am? Who do people say that the Son of Man is?" Some say it's John the Baptist. Some say it's Elijah. And still others say Jeremiah or, or just one of the prophets. He said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" Each one of us in our lives has, we are an image of Christ to the, the people around us. We, we paint a picture of Christianity to those in our sphere of influence. Who do people say, who do you say, who are we saying that Jesus is? Simon Peter replies, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed Happy, spiritually secure, favored by God, you are Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal man did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven revealed it. And I say to you that you are Peter, you are Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or death will not overpower it. Jesus says, Peter, it is on this rock. I could imagine him just pointing to himself. The, the, the Father has revealed that, that thing to you, that revelation. He has given that thought to you that I am the son of the living God. And on this, on this rock, on that rock, on the revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail What against that church. See, what revelation? You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. See, if we are to not be overcome, we must examine what our life is being built on. We must examine Church members out there, if you're watching, you must examine what your church is built on. So many times we'll, we'll build our church as a, we'll be a fellowship, we'll be a, a community center. We're, we're, what kind of church are you? Oh, we're a church of small groups. We've built our foundation as small groups. See, we must examine what our life is being built on. The Bible says if we build our lives on things that will wash away like sand, we won't stand the testing. So, so many times in our life, we build things on stuff that's going to fade away anyway. And then when the testing comes, when the refining comes, when the purging comes, when the warfare comes... God will allow things to be exposed in our life to what? Make us better. If we build our house on the sand, when the waters from the world come, our house washes away. See, so much of the church is not built 
on Jesus. Isn't that crazy? What are we building our life on? When the testing, when the refining comes, this is, this is the first time the church is mentioned in the New Testament. I will build my church. Jesus is prophesying what we are standing in today. And he says on this foundation, on this rock, the, the gates, even the gates of hell, the gates of death, the power of death won't overcome this church. It's this church, this church that is built on the revelation of Jesus as the Christ won't be washed away when the storms of life come. He says the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. See, gates were a symbol of power. They were a symbol of authority. They were entrances in and out of the city. They were stationary. They didn't move. And whoever held the gates was a powerful person, had authority. And Jesus says the gates will not prevail against the church. And the place that Jesus brings them to in Caesarea Philippi, he brings his disciples to this place, to a place full of perversion, full of idol worship, to a temple dedicated to the God of this land named Pan who if you do, do study, he was, he was believed to be part human, part goat. This is where the word panic actually comes from. If fear, if you don't believe fear is demonic. Panic, because they believed that this pagan God would come out in the middle of the night while people were sleeping and scare people to death. Panic. This is where this declaration is made. This church, my church, built on this revelation, Jesus will not prevail against the gates of hell. It's also said that they would sacrifice goats to this God and throw them in the water. If you do, do some research into Caesarea Philippi, there's a, 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 a temple ruins there dedicated to this God, and there's a large cave with water in it. And it was believed that these, these pagans would come and worship the god Pan. And in order to worship him, they would bring goats and they would sacrifice these goats. They would cut the, the goat's throat and throw them in the water. And if the goat sunk, then the sacrifice was accepted. But if the goat did not sink, they had to go get another goat. They would also believe that they would do human sacrifices in this place. So the, 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 the people in this land called this the gate of Hades. This is where Jesus says this. He's, he's standing over this place where this pagan worship is going, perversion is going, idol worship is going, and the, the, the waters are running red. And that's why they believe that this spot was the gates of hell. See, so, many of the, so much of the church will try to make heavy of their sin and not their savior. They'll, 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 they'll say, I, I've gone traveling with, with pastor in, in some places and, and it's always sad and it hurts my heart when the pastor's like, yeah, we're just fighting the good fight, man. It's just, this place is just, it's really rough. It's just full of perversion. It's full of, man, it's just, we have a lot of this. We have a lot of this. And they're, 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 they're taking the glory from their savior and giving it to the sin. And Jesus brings them to a place. He travels out of his way to bring his disciples to a place that overlooks the idol worship, that overlooks the perversion, that looks literally at the place that they called the gates of hell. And he says, on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. I will build my legislative body in the earth, my called out ones. I will build my church on this rock and the gates of hell. Even those gates, those gates full of perversion, the gates full of idol worship, the gates running red with goats and human's blood, those gates won't even overcome. They won't even be able to overpower the church that is coming. 
Jesus brought them to a place of gross perversion and said, even this won't overpower the church. Even this. See, are we taking glory off of God and giving it to our circumstance? Are we... Are we taking glory off of our Savior and giving it to our sin? Are we taking glory off of the things of God and giving them to the things of the enemy? But you don't know what I've you, you don't know what I walk you don't know what I walk through and man I, I'm just I'm just really in I'm just really in darkness. I'm just, uh, if, you, if you only knew the, how far I was away from, if you only knew, see, when we're saying those things, it, it means that we're taking glory off of God and giving it to our circumstance. We're taking glory off of God and giving it to our sin, our symptoms, all these other things. We minimize God and maximize our problem. God, you can't take care of that. And Jesus brings them to this place and says, that place won't even be able to overcome the church, won't even be able to overpower the church that is to come. And they think this wasn't, uh, he, he says, even those gates, they won't overcome. It made me think this, that this, this, this isn't the literal gates of hell. But what if there are gates of hell? It made me, made me think these weren't literal gates of hell. We, we know that the spirit realm is in the unseen. It is not in the seen. What if he's talking about spiritual gates? Certain things certain sins, certain gates that we have given our, ourselves over to that lead us down a path to destruction, that lead us to the path of hell. See, there's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus, but there are many sins that will lead us to hell. What, what, what if there's a gate called fear? The, the gate of hell called fear. What, what, that if we, if we succumb to, if we go to our fear and partner with the fear, if we walk through the gate, we've given ourselves over to it. What, 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 if, there's, what if there's a gate called perversion or lust? What, what, what if there's a gate called dysfunction? What, what if there's a gate called unbelief? What if there's a gate called sickness? What if there's a gate called whatever you're walking through that is not of God, it will lead you down a path of destruction and despair straight into the pits of hell. In Revelation 1, 7, 18 says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead and he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am absolute deity, the son of God, the ever living one, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore and I have keys I have keys of absolute control and victory over. I have absolute control and victory over, over death and of Hades, the realm of the undead. See, he has, he, he has the keys. And I know we all know this, but we, we have to remember that we've been given Keys. If if but 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 keys go. What what do keys go to? Keys go to doors. Keys keys go to 
to, to gates. Isaiah 22, 22 says, then I will set on his shoulder the key of the house of David. The, the, the kingdom of God is of, uh, of keys. It's of doors. It's of access. It's of opening. It's of shutting. And when he opens, no one will shut. And when he shuts, no one will open. See, whoever holds the keys holds the authority. River Nicole loves to open doors and shut doors and go in our bedroom and pull stuff up and, and do all the wreak havoc. But if I or Jessica, who has the authority, shuts, shuts the door, sometimes we even have to lock it, not her in it, calm down. <laughs> I need some peace and quiet. <laughs> See, she doesn't have the authority to lock it. See, so, so many of us have, we have keys. The, the, the kingdom of God is keys, it's doors, it's, it's opening, it's shutting, it's binding, it's loosing. All of these things are spiritual warfare terms. But so many of us leave our keys laying around. We, we, we leave our keys at home. We leave our keys in the car. We leave our spiritual keys here. We leave them here. And Jesus is saying, I gave you, I gave you keys to, to overpower that. I, I, gave you, I gave you the authority. I, I gave it to you. You, you, you have it. As blood-bought believers, we have the keys, but are we using them? See, the enemy brought you to it, but Jesus will bring you through it. If you encountered that fear, if you encountered, the enemy will bring you to something to try to keep you at that gate, to try to keep you at that lust, to try to keep you at that perversion. And Jesus says, I didn't bring you to that gate, but I'm going to bring you through that gate. Let me tell you, if you've been at the gate, God can pull you out. The gates of hell shall not prevail. See, but God brought you out of darkness and hell gets scared. Let me tell you, hell gets scared. Hell gets scared when they hear the sound of the saints with keys. Why are you dangerous? You're dangerous to hell because you know both sides of the gate. There's people that you can relate to in the world that I can't relate to. I, I, I know, I, I encountered that. I, I encountered that. I was on that. I was bound by that perversion. I was bound by that spirit of fear. I was bound by the gate of fear. But guess what? I got, I got, key, I got keys. I've got keys. See, you're dangerous to hell because you once were bound, but now you are free. See, the battle is at the gate for the gate because the people held in the kingdom of darkness and the violent will rise to the occasion with their keys in hand and take it by force. See, how do we push on the gates? Well, well we can't get people out if we're partnering with the gate. If we are partnering with fear, if we are lifting fear up, if we are standing at the gate of fear, we cannot expect to pull people out of fear. If we are partnering with perversion, if we are partnering with lust, if we are partnering uh, with drunkenness and stupor, if we are partnering with sin, we cannot pull people out of the gate. We cannot pull people out of darkness if we are living in darkness. See, if we're still dealing with the sin, we can't help people get free from it. The scripture goes on to say about binding and loosing. I will, I will give you the keys and everything that you bind shall be bound, loosed, will be loosed. Now, I love these terms. Binding and loosing could also refer to detaining or releasing prisoners. Let me tell you, 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 you walk through, each one of us has a different story. But, but let me tell you, you walk through, never, never minimize, never let the enemy minimize your testimony. Now, listen, listen, 
Because what he will, what he'll, what he'll do is if we give our ear to him, when there's radical testimonies, what he'll say is, that's, that's not you. You don't really have that cool of a, t- a testimony. I mean, you know, and I, I, I've sat in that chair and I, I've, I've heard that lie. Even if the enemy tries, guess what? He can't tell the truth. Whatever you've walked through, God uses for his glory. He will use people. He will use whatever we walk through, our test testimony, our tests, the the refining that you walked through, the purging that you walked through, the sin that you walked through, the lifestyle that you were living. God, he he didn't make it happen, but he will, what he will do is use it for his glory. And each one of us has keys, our, our, our keys, what, what, what will we do with the keys? What will we do when we leave this building? What will we do with the keys? I believe that God over these next few moments, over these next few months, God is going to radically bring people into your life who have walked through the same exact things that you have walked through. Why? And let me tell you, When it happens, don't just be like, oh, that's a coincidence. That's, that's crazy. That's a, what a coincidence that this person, I, I've just met this person. They walked through the same thing as me. What a coincidence. The universe is crazy. Why? Because God will bring people into our path because you've been there. You've been at that gate. You have the keys Please do not leave the keys in your pocket. When someone says, you know what? I've been walking through fear and you walk through fear. What you can say is, you know what? I got some keys. When you meet someone that walked through the same perversion as you, guess what? You don't have to zip your lips, say, you know what? I walked through the same exact thing. I didn't live in it for a season. I may have been down, but got back up. I got, guess what? I've got the keys. I've got the, you've got the keys. We have got the keys. As the worship team comes. I love this scripture. I closed out youth camp with it. It says we will overcome. The Bible says we're more than overcomers. We are more than overcomers. Why doesn't everyone go ahead and stand? We're more than overcomers. We're more. And the Bible says we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word, the word, not the thoughts, not the journaling, We will overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus does. Jesus went to the cross. He bought our salvation through a spotless lamb, through himself. He bought our salvation. We will overcome. If we want to live a lifestyle of overcoming, what we have to do is remember what Jesus did on the cross and tell people our story. You have, you, 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 you have... This, this is what causes reformation. This is what causes reformation. When a city living in sin, when a city living in dysfunction encounters someone that was bound by the same exact things that you were. The test is, will you speak up? Because a lot of the church has put themselves on mute. And what happens is we're ashamed. The enemy has convinced us that we're, you should be ashamed of your past. You should be ashamed. Don't tell people what you've been through. Don't tell, don't tell people the sin that you walked through. Keywords, walked through. 
see, because there is power in your testimony. There is power when we speak up. When we say, you know what, I once was bound. I once was living in dysfunction. I once was, I, I once was bound. The same exact thing that holds you now, I once was held by it. The same exact thing that, that you, least, you, you lose sleep over, the same torturing spirit, the, the same gate, the same thing, the, the same circle, the same cycle that you've walked around for years, guess what? I encountered a man who would love me through my sin. Despite of my sin, despite of my pain, despite of my dysfunction, he would love me. And he would love me so much, he wouldn't leave me at the gate that I was bound by. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.